Saturday, you guys, thank you so much. We've hit 4,000 YouTube subscribers. Fucking, I couldn't do this without you guys and uh, the team that I have. We had a little bit of a technical issue at the beginning of the show, but who even knows? You would never know unless I just told you. But thank God I have Chase back there. Chase is our resident football expert. What you think about the big game this weekend, Chase? Oh, I mean, they threw the ball, George. They did. They're going to do it a lot tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to gut right to the nuts and bolts of this episode. Obviously, it's my Super Bowl predictions. So let's hop into how I feel about both teams going into this game, and that'll that'll lead you to my informed de- decision. Boom. Okay, a lot of words, very fast. The Eagles dominant route all throughout this season. They really, every time I've watched them, they have this speed to their offense, and I had highlighted it in previous episodes in which that offense that they run currently is ideal for the modern-day quarterback coming out of college. You see a lot of zone scheme. Um, although the Eagles have the most the, like dominating offensive line, a lot of their schemes are relatively simple. You'll see them put into effect a lot of um, just trying to get their guys out in space. So a lot of big zone tracks for the big guys. The Eagles throughout the season, like I said, not only have dominated up front, but they've dominated the hearts of America. There's this huge wave of Eagle fans that have never even been to the city of Philadelphia. You know, shouts out to you guys for riding with the bird so hard. But I can't, um, especially since their quarterback or their their coach, okay, Nick Sirianni, um, he's so young and he's so like oblivious to the moment and there's it's there's good and bad stuff okay i'm gonna hit you with the goods being oblivious to the moment you're more like likely to make play calls whether it's fourth down go for two um calling your shot plays a lot earlier uh risking the risking the biscuit on defense you do that you make those quick decisions right which if you're an oblivious coach sometimes that being that wild card um is, is a spark to your team. One of the things that I've been highlighted to uh, in this past week, listening to a Lane Johnson interview, Lane Johnson plays tackle for the Eagles. He said, like, they don't take Nick Sirianni too seriously because they know he's so much of a wild card. Like, when your team just views you as like, a uh, this dude just kind of has to be put in place, it gives me a negative vibe. It gives me like how it feels to coach the Lakers right now. Like LeBron definitely is the coach of the Lakers. You're just a placeholder because LeBron can't actually be player coach, which one day I hope they change. But Nick Sirianni is nothing more than just a placeholder. I'm sorry, okay? His team was extremely talented this year. And when you have an extremely talented team that kind of like doesn't need too much guidance and you kind of can be crazy on the side and do all your motivational things. For example, Chase, he played Rocky, 
for his team. Like, like these are NFL players. They get paid millions of dollars. They're probably motivated. They don't need Rocky, you know? They don't need it. And I know you're have you what was the last time you watched Rocky, Chase? I've never actually watched Rocky. But I know the theme. And that's fucking inspirational. Take it into consideration. We're normal people on the Rocky theme. We get inspired. Those people are performing at the top of their their class, Correct. And they're getting the Rocky theme. Those guys are going to go out there and beat ass. See, but if I'm going to be like, all right, all right, like the theme song obviously gets people hyped, but then at the same time, I'm in the mindset of there's a lot better music out there now to get me hyped. All right. Like the Rocky theme song, good, but how about a little sandstorm? Okay, yeah, I could give a hat. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? But there's lots of other songs. But, anyways, that's the shit that a young coach does that's like, bro, you're dealing with 30 year olds. All right. Like, you don't need to be playing these motivational raw rush beyond, okay. External, right? Because like Lane Johnson said, they they rubbed Nick Sirianni off the shoulder. He exists. He's a placeholder. You know, he uh, he said a lot of shitty things. Not shitty things in his uh, opening press conference. But if you haven't ever watched Nick Sirianni's press conference bloopers from when he first got hired, highly recommend you go watch it. Um, and that's the leader of the team that's playing in the Super Bowl. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, <clears throat> the Chiefs. Dominant. Past couple of years, right? They're coming off of almost making it to another Super Bowl this past year. They're used to playing long seasons, right? Which when I watched the Chiefs earlier on in the season, there was a bit of me that's like, they're just not turning it on. And I think it's purposeful. And I I feel like I was correct, right? Because a good coach like Andy Reid knows the ebbs and flows of a season, right? In order to make it back to the big game year in and year out, you have to know that week two and week three just aren't that important, okay? Week 12 through 18, extremely important, right? So he was okay with the team, the way the team was progressing. They played in what I thought at the beginning of the season, the AFC West was going to be star-studded, right? The Raiders were supposed to be something. Um, But it turns out, the AFC West was just a complete dud. The Chargers like, were the, the hopeful for a majority of the year. And then about to the halfway point, a little past the halfway point, everyone was like, oh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They added a new guy, a little Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco. Cool little name there. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster stopped doing the little Corvette, Corvette dance on the logos. He dialed in a little bit more. You don't see as much like press coming out about him because he's kind of found this role on the team, which is four catches and shut the fuck up. Um, That's all you're getting, Juju, all right? You're not getting more than four targets a game. Um, But that just goes to show, right? Andy Reid is the number one reason why Georgia's pick for the Super Bowl is the Chiefs. It is a coaching battle, ladies and gentlemen. Both of these teams, when I tell you they're like even, they're pretty, like, they are so evenly matched talent-wise that you're like, hmm, what's the separating factor here? I know both teams worked hard. Oh, yeah, that's right. One coach that's been there numerous times and another coach that's having his first cup of coffee at the Super Bowl, okay? That's all you need to think about 
I'm telling you, do not break it down more than that. Okay. Game plan design. I understand there's there's things that can happen in the game, whether or not the Chiefs turn the ball over. They're used to that, by the way. So if the Chiefs do turn the ball over, don't be worried because they turn the ball over and they're still there at the end of the game. The Eagles, though, they're a team that like I'm excited to watch get punched in the mouth. Okay. They are they've been cruising right and their season kind of um fizzled, started with a bang, ended with a fizzle. Uh, because Jalen Hurts gets injured, they bring in Gardner Minshew. And let me give you a prime example of when the Eagles last got punched in the mouth. It was when that that team right there, should I, I was crisscrossed, that team right there, uh, my New Orleans Saints absolutely smacked their asses in the mouth with a vicious rush attack, okay? Not saying the Chiefs have that. But what I'm saying is they were playing from behind, Okay, and a lot of those games towards the end of the season versus some teams that people will be like, you were close to who? You almost lost to who? And with that being said, I'm excited to see the Eagles who up to this point in the playoffs, rather easy route. They're going to be playing against a team that not only is healthy, but they're a juggernaut. They will keep coming, and they don't mind playing from behind and making mistakes. The Eagles, I think, cannot afford to make mistakes. I'll say that again. I know it sounds confusing, right? Chiefs, they can afford to make mistakes. Eagles cannot afford to make mistakes. Their offense is so predicated on movement and fluidity and being able to set defenses up what I'm thinking for the Chiefs and how I would guard uh the Eagles is I'm I gotta make Jalen Hurts beat me right like I as a defensive coordinator am looking at putting seven people in the box trusting my guys on the outside and making sure that I stop the run early once you stop the run early, especially with a, that RPO style, zone style offense, you're limiting the Eagles' number one like uh, option, right? Which is it's always the first option. It's that that read and run option. That second option, okay, only comes available when that run is working and you start opening up some holes. Now, Jalen Hurts is a little shifty. Um, Bringing pressure on him could lead to a lot of big plays, and I think the Eagles, uh, that's the one thing that scares me about them is they're uh, very big play capable. Um, and that that comes from a lot of improvisation, but also Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown on the outside have the ability to, even in one-on-one -on -one situations, make people look ridiculous. Um, beyond all that, though, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it's a coaching battle. I think Andy Reid has certainly cemented that he is one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I don't think people bring him up in that conversation enough, but I think this ring right here with Patrick Mahomes can certainly solidify it. So I like the Chiefs' money line. I know they're getting a point and a half right now, but I've said fucking all season – um, and I've only been screwed on it like once or twice. But when I'm seeing a point and a half, I'm taking money line either direction because it's such a slim margin. If I was to take the Eagles too, like I certainly don't want to be in that situation where I lose my one. But anyways, take money line either way. Um, 
over under 51 for this game. It's a lot of points. It's a high over under. We're hovering right around like mid 40s to low 40s towards the end of the season. Um, for a Super Bowl, 51 seems awful high. But for me, like I cannot sit at a Super Bowl party and be the only person in the entire fucking party to bet the under. You're literally betting to be unhappy. Whenever somebody scores, you're upset. You don't want to do that. Okay. You want to sit back and enjoy this game. And if you want to put money down on the over under, definitely pick the over. I mean, you got to cheer when points happen. All right. We like points. There's four prop bets I'm going to hit after these four prop bets. I will be back giving you guys some more long form content um, and not not podcast style. We're talking deep dives on every not every team, the teams I want to do. I'm thinking about a project a month, ladies and gentlemen. My first project is going to be on the New Orleans Saints and what we should do this upcoming season to become Super Bowl champions. So next year when I'm back in this same studio or possibly even a different studio recording a Super Bowl show, it's about my Saints right here. Okay. That's coming soon, so make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, go to YouTube, subscribe. There's lots more content to be had. On to the prop bets. The team to score first. Okay, the reason I'm starting with this prop bet is because it kind of leads into all the other bets that I'm going to make. And remember, I told you I am taking the Chiefs, so these prop bets are geared towards my thought process of the Chiefs winning. And if these things happen... Most more than likely, you know, all my prop bets are going to hit the Chiefs hit big payday, right? Super Bowl payday, uh, extravaganza. Okay, team to score first. Eagles are minus one twenty. Chiefs are minus one ten. What that's going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, without me doing any research, because I've been th- I've been thinking about this, right? Vegas does all the research you need. You literally just need to look at that number. I could have spent 15 minutes looking through, oh, how many times did the Chiefs score first in the first quarter? How many times did the Eagles score first in the first quarter? No. Vegas does it for me. They already know that the Eagles score like a mofo in the first quarter. So Eagles to score first is at minus 120. What does that tell me? Stay away from that prop bet. Okay? I don't want that prop bet. All I want to use that prop bet for is to guide my other decisions, okay? Which leads into my second prop bet. Team to score first wins, which means whatever team scores first, they will end up winning the game. No is at plus 135. Yes is at minus 165. Now, I find you people value here, okay? I don't look to put down money and not see double the return, okay? or at least close to that. Minus 165, I think it was, for the team that scores first to win. That's not value to me. Like, I thoroughly don't find value in anything that's not 130 and lower. Okay, this is minus 160. I don't see too much value, but I see immense value in the team to score first wins is a no. Because, like I said in the previous prop bet, ladies and gentlemen, the Eagles are predicted to score first based on what Vegas thinks and the stats they've broken down. They think the Eagles are going to score first. Now, look at that prop bet. Do I want that team that scores first to win? I'm going to take no at plus 135, which also means, hey, I can let 
I can let everybody else around me get excited just knowing, just knowing, okay? If the Eagles score first, which it most likely will, I'm set, okay? Because the Chiefs are going to come back, kick that ass. Team to make of coaches challenge first. I laid the base, right? I told you. Nick Sirianni's first time sipping espresso at the Super Bowl, okay? He's a little nervous. He wants to maximize opportunity, yardage, output. I really do think the Eagles make the first coach's challenge. Both of those teams coming at minus 115 odds, right? Falls in that category of what I like underneath 130. But I like the Eagles to make the first coach's challenge solely because, like, he wants to make a statement. You want to be right. Okay, coaches can only be right so many times, right? They call they call right plays. But how many times have you seen a coach's challenge when it's successful? Everyone's like, man, that coach, smart coach, smart, okay? He's, he's looking for that opportunity. But I think he's going to do it too early, okay? And that is why I think the first coach's challenge comes from the Eagles at minus 115. Very last prop bet I'm going to hit you with, and then you ladies and gentlemen can go enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. That is the last play of the game to be a, a quarterback knee. Okay, If I uh, you know, picture this game playing out in the perfect world, I think Eagles score first. I think the Chiefs jump right back on them. Chiefs have the lead at halftime. And I think in the third quarter is when you're going to see the Chiefs' goodness go to greatness, and they're going to steamroll these Eagles. Now, I'm not saying I want a boring-ass Super Bowl. I don't think either one of these teams are capable of giving us a boring Super Bowl because of how high-powered their offenses are. However, there's great value here. Okay, For the last play of the game to be a quarterback knee, you're looking at a yes, minus 210. Don't like that. Okay, Is it... The way that most games end. Yes. Is it the way that good games end? Sometimes. But not this one. Okay? For the last play of the game to not be a knee, right? So we're talking field goal. We're talking Hail Mary. We're talking a team like the Eagles coming from behind. They have to score at the end. Time expires, right? They're doing the lateral play. I think that's more likely then a quarterback knee, the nose at plus 165. So if I'm going to go over my bets one time for the one time, Chiefs, money line, take it. Team to score first wins, no, at plus 135, take the no. Team to challenge first, Eagles, Nick Sirianni's trying to make a point. And then the last play of the game to be a quarterback knee, take no at plus 165, I haven't made too much money this year, but you're damn sure I can break even on the Super Bowl here, and that's what we're hoping for because I don't want to have to make my money back on the XFL. I just don't want to have to do that. We got XFL content coming too. That's probably what I got to talk about on the podcast. But it's been a great season, Gridiron Junkies, a phenomenal season. And uh, Chase, any last thing for the people? Uh, No. That's so, it. Something, something nachos. Something, something. I go for the Super Bowl for the maybe snacks. there's an maybe there's an orchestra commercial during the Super Bowl. There might be. You know, they they do have those PlayStation commercials with the opera singers. 
They do. Uh-huh. Hopefully there's a whole bunch of that. I hope so. Run the logo. Play that fucking Farago thing. We're out of here. We're out. Thank <laughs> you.